0: Welcome to the WCIA 3 in 1 podcast. Brett Barons and Marley Weirder here. We're calling this one Badger Ball 101 because Wisconsin took Illinois to school on Saturday, winning 24 to nothing at Memorial Stadium. Marley, this was not pretty.
1: It was not pretty. And podcast title, not as great as last week, I might add. But, uh, well, you know. Uh, it was not pretty. It did not start pretty. The middle was not pretty. And it did not end pretty pretty for illinois at least it was just a quick game a a quick game (laughs) where i it's like i don't even have like words at this point like there is no nothing of substance i feel like we can break down i mean when illinois puts up you know less than a hundred offensive yards in a game it's like uh, okay like what what are they doing here um they played With no spark, no fire, Uh, Art Sidkowski had to come in from Brandon Peters, who went out with an undisclosed injury, and it was just no good from there. We knew Wisconsin was going to be a challenge as far as um, defending the run, but it, it seems like Illinois didn't even try in that area. They had 13 carries for 26 yards. It's it's alarming, and it's not what you want to see.
0: Yeah, not ideal. <laughs> Illinois goes for 93 total yards. It's the worst offensive performance for the Illini since 1977 in a game that was also against Wisconsin. That's just numbers-wise if you're going by that, and you can put as much stock into that as you want. But you're right. When Chase Brown goes for 257 last week, and then he leads the team this week with 30-some yards, it, it's not... Good, and they completely abandoned the run. They didn't even attempt it. The first six plays of the game offensively for Illinois were all Brandon Peters' passes. He was sacked on a couple of those to end drives, both three and outs. Wisconsin just turns its offense right down the field, and they eat up so much clock. The time of possession today was absolutely insane when you look at the numbers, and it, it's easy to see why Illinois was able, wasn't able was able to do much because they they dominated. Forty-two minutes, forty-three seconds for Wisconsin. Just seventeen minutes, seventeen seconds total possession time for Illinois. Their defense—it's amazing—they only gave up twenty-four points. In that sense, they were on the field for forty-plus minutes. I mean, when you put that into perspective of of what they were able to do, I didn't feel like the defense was awful, but just these churning drives that Wisconsin was able to to go through, and you know, you're you're talking seven, eight, nine-minute drives. And that's what Wisconsin does. That's what Brett Bielema wants to be. He said this was more of a measuring stick game in terms of putting Illinois into that same echelon as Wisconsin and Iowa. And they have identities, and that's just what they are. That's what they do. They run the ball. They control tempo. That's what I feel like Bielema wants Illinois to be. But yet today we saw just how far there is a gap between where Illinois is at right now and where he wants it to
1: be. Yeah, and it's, I guess, a good benchmark, if you want to say. But, I I mean, the defense can only do so much, Brett. I mean, they gave them so many chances – so many opportunities to turn it around and and make it go their way i mean they're playing lovey ball to a tee kirby joseph has been so impressive this year um he had another interception today that should have maybe changed the course of the game it was still early on in the first half when right. um he made that interception you know wisconsin looked like they were going to score on that drive and here comes the defense showing up with a big play and Illinois' offense hasn't found a way to rally. I feel in those big moments when a defense makes a great play, they just they can't turn around. Then they turn it over, and it's another three and out. And the defense has to start all over. And no wonder the time of possession was you know forty two minutes for Wisconsin. I, I mean, the defense is tired. Like give them a break. Come right. on.
0: Yeah, and I can't blame the defense. You know, all things considered, the last couple of weeks for what they've done, Illinois has to be able to put points on the board.
1: And other teams are going to score points against you. Like, that happens.
0: Yeah, and, that, and that's okay. But, you know, when you look back at these last couple of games here, okay, they give up 24 today against the Badgers. They give up 14 to Charlotte in a win, 13 to Purdue, and 20 to Maryland. And then you're back to Virginia in that sense. So the last four games, you know, they, they haven't given up more than 24 points. Today was the highest they've given up. And in college football, if you're only giving up twenty four points, in my eyes, more times than not, you should find yourself in a game and have a chance to win, but not when your offense you know doesn't even have a hundred total yards. It's it's it was painful to watch today, and I got so many texts from people just like what is this? I don't know if they had ever seen anything quite as bad as what they were witnessing today. And With Brandon Peters out with a, like you said, unspecified injury, I thought he got pulled. I didn't know that until afterwards that Brandon went to the injury tent. Uh, Some some things on the field you can't see. So I thought they had just replaced Brandon. I didn't realize after the game that it was because of an injury. But Art wasn't able to generate much of anything, unlike against Nebraska when he came in and effectively ran the offense pretty well in the season opener. Art was was not that today, and, and his numbers were, were not good either. Brandon finishes three for seven for 12. Art, eight for 27 for 55. Like That's just not going to get it done, especially yeah. when they're not running the ball that much. And, and that's where you have the concerns is there just wasn't that many rushing attempts. And in my eyes, and this is what I asked Jeremy on the pregame show – at what point do they abandon the run and just start throwing the ball? They just came out and started throwing the ball. There wasn't even they an attempt. They abandoned the run.
1: Completely. completely.
0: Yeah. There, there was not even an attempt to try and establish a running game through the first quarter, really, because Wisconsin's first drive and opener went down the field and and uh, they held him to a field goal. And like you mentioned, even with that Kirby Joseph pick, that was early enough where Wisconsin was going for a big play there I think it was
1: just three nothing at that point. Wisconsin it, hadn't even scored yet.
0: Your defense gave you the opportunity to stay in that game and yet you couldn't even do it. So yeah, uh, it, it was really, really discouraging for a line nation, considering where they were at last week and what they were able to do. And yes, we all know Wisconsin has the best rush defense in the country, but that doesn't mean that you know you're gonna put you up. Just
1: can't do it. <laughs> twenty
0: six total yards. Like I, I there's got it's got to be better than that. Yeah, you know, and you're you're twenty six total yards. Uh, Chase Brown has thirty five, but because of the sacks from Brandon Peters and Isaiah Williams, finished with the negative rushing yards. Josh McCray with one yard today. I, you just you're, you're not gonna win any football games like that.
1: And I don't think. Illinois quarterbacks are good enough to completely abandon the run game. Because it's been such a crutch for this team this entire season. Okay, when the pass game isn't there, which it hasn't been all season, okay, let's go to the run game. And they clearly didn't do it this game. I think maybe just, okay, being scared of (laughs) the, the Wisconsin defense. But at a point like this, maybe you would like to see them throw some trickery in there. I mean, we haven't seen that. Quite a bit this year. I mean, at this point, throw Isaiah Williams in at, at quarterback and um,
0: yeah, I have don't him know. get
1: something going. I I mean, like give Wisconsin to, something to think about, something to challenge them, and they clearly just uh, they handed them this game.
0: Yeah, it was it was not good, and on multiple facets. Uh, I think really the only positive you can take away is Kirby Joseph uh, continues yeah. to shine, continues to do really really well. Um, offensively, I don't I don't think there's any positive you can take. I thought Tariq Barnes had a really nice game, 12 total tackles for him, and, and really stepping up after Jake Hansen returns, but then leaves the game. They were working on his knee there after he went down in the first half, and, and we did not see him again. At some point here, Marley, I don't think it's too far-fetched, and, and B, let me even mention this a little bit in the postgame. We're going to start seeing some new guys in here because mm-hmm. at 2-5 and five now, You're not playing for a bowl game essentially. Now, they're technically not knocked out yet, but you know, you've got to see what's on your roster for next season and beyond here. And and Bilima had been hesitant to hint at that, but he did say it today after the game that look, they got to figure out during the bye week, do some self evaluations, Mm -hmm. really look in the mirror and figure out what those next steps are because. While it's great that you know you want your seniors and everyone else to go out and, and try and help you win games, more than winning games right now, it's trying to evaluate where they're at roster wise, their biggest needs, and what they have moving forward. That way, they can bring in some more guys. And one of the uh, workers at the stadium stopped me afterwards, and we were just chit chatting for a couple minutes, and and he said something like, "I, I hope a bunch of these guys don't transfer." And I said, I think you're going to have a big roster turnover after this year. I, I think you're going to see a bunch of guys leave the program because they're going to be told, listen, you know, there's there's no room for you here. Like Your, your playing time is not going to be there. You're going to see guys um, that are just going to face the facts and reality that, hey, they don't have a place in the program anymore, so to speak. And and I, I think you're going to have a big change in turnover. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing as Bielema brings in the guys that he wants here. Uh, and and really fit his system and, and style of play, mm-hmm. but um, I, I think we're to that point now where that's not out of the question that w- there's going to be some big change coming.
1: Yeah, I think they're going to go to the transfer portal for yes. a couple quarterbacks. Yeah, Maybe that, I've been th- telling th- three people <laughs> the
0: the starting quarterback next year. I don't feel like it's on this roster right now.
1: No, I, I and don't. if it
0: is, then you've got big time issues uh, because Art showed today that and you know. He's, you can't go eight for twenty seven in the Big Ten and win. You just, you just. I mean, in any level, it's just, it's, it's not going to work. And um, I, like you said, I think it's a couple quarterbacks at this point.
1: They and they need it at that position. I bet Jake Hansen right now is thinking like, man, I should have stayed in the NFL. draft. Yeah, and, and his
0: season has not been great so far, dealing with injuries and missing the last couple of games, and then yeah. coming back and getting injured again today. And it's tough. I get it. I asked Owen Carney after the game how he manages that, knowing that he's a senior, and yet he wants to win and leave this place well. And you leave it well by winning, but they're not doing that. And he said mm-hmm. it's a really tough balance to know that I'm not going to be able, speaking for Owen here and what he told me, I'm not going to be able to leave the mark that I wanted to leave. And all the hype and positive energy they felt like they had coming into this season with 22 super seniors and all of this, Uh, experience coming back but it's not translating to success on the field and that's the the disappointing part for those guys and
1: that's what I find so surprising out of all of this is that this is such an experienced team with all of these super seniors and they still can't find the results I mean they're even worse than they were in 2019 when they were decent and and made a bowl game and still most of the guys on that team are on this current Illinois team plus more, which it's, it's strange to me. And especially with Bielema's coaching resume, you think he'd be able to mold these guys and, um, you know, turn this program around, but maybe we were a little ambitious for thinking it would happen in year one. And I agree with you, Brett. I think we're going to start seeing some younger players in the mix and this program, not giving up on this season, but kind of turning the page and, looking towards what's next because at this point in the season I hate to say there's not much left to play for but I mean kind of seems like there isn't
0: yeah and it's just a difference in perspective and what you're playing for and it's not saying that they're not going to play out, go out there and try and play for wins because that's not it at all but at the same time you know it's similar to what we saw in 2017 with lovey and at the end of 2016 really we're more more at the second half of the 2016 season when after the north carolina game and and they started losing a couple of games there lovey just went all in on the younger guys and you saw a bunch of guys transfer the older guys that were better but Mm lovey played the younger guys to try and see what he had on his roster and that's part of what it is in college football and everything else and so yes they're going to go out there and try and win games absolutely but you you know from Bielema's standpoint he doesn't owe anything to Owen Carney you know other than the appreciation for coming back and, and trying it this year now he's got to look towards the future and and try and see what's on his roster you know I figured out at halftime. Well, really, after the first quarter, that like this wasn't going to end well for Illinois, right? But then, when you start to dig into the numbers here a little bit, you really start to like, whoa! At halftime, Wisconsin had 206 total yards. Illinois had 33. Oh, oh, I was gonna try and guess <laughs> 33. Any guesses on how many first downs Illinois had at the half?
1: Two.
0: They had three. Wisconsin had <laughs> 13.
1: It doesn't I surprise mean, it's, me.
0: It's just crazy, and. You know, Wisconsin comes out here and averages six yards a play, and Illinois is at two, not even two, 1.9. I mean, it's just when you start to add up these numbers, and this is what my story was on tonight, it's just the numbers, and it's not meant to just, like, bog it down of, like, here's all of these stats, but that tells the story of just how bad this was. I mean, Illinois' offense was anemic. They couldn't stop a nosebleed and yeah. send the defense, and it just—
1: But it for the numbers— bad to be that bad and for them to lose only 24 to nothing is weird yeah because you would think just based solely on the numbers if you looked at the numbers and not the score I would have guessed you know this was a 43 to nothing game
0: well and it could have been I mean if if Wisconsin's offense was even three-fourths as good as its defense I, I think Wisconsin puts up 40 plus and yeah. then you're getting an embarrassment like it was with Iowa back in 2018 when it was 63 I to nothing that. and that's the last time that Illinois was shut out now it's twice this season Illinois doesn't score a touchdown in a game which is embarrassing in itself but where do they go from here offensively that's that's the question and because what
1: does what Penn State do to these guys sure
0: yeah Penn State competed with Iowa today and had a chance to win what does Iowa do God. because you're going to both places you're, you're, they're going on a bye week, and Illinois is going to take some time here to try and rest and get healthy and just get right mentally. I asked a couple of the guys where the confidence was at on the team, and they—I mean, you can tell it's it's wavering right now, and I, I don't blame them for that. And look, I understand that's not the easiest question to answer, but like, I want to know like, how do you approach this going into a bye week, and and how they approach that I think is really key because it just be easy to send it in at this point. And look, I'm not saying I would blame anybody if they sent it in at this point and said, "Hey, this this didn't work." You know, <laughs> they got they got five games left, and that's it. And it ain't working so far, especially offensively. And and how far they've fallen from Nebraska, you know. And even UTSA, they put up 30 points and they lose 37-30, but they're they're still putting up 30 points. It has gone steadily down yeah. since then. And it has not been good this this decline. But how they respond here is really really important. And if they go to Penn State and lose forty five nothing or forty five three or seven or whatever, man, I, I just that is a really really tough spot to be in because you still have to go to Iowa, <laughs> and you have some more favorable games at the end of your schedule here. They finish up uh, after Penn State. They finish up the month with Rutgers. Mm-hmm. And you go to Minnesota, and we've seen Minnesota be very vulnerable this him. year. And then you, you've you got Iowa in there after another bye week, and then you close with Northwestern. So, like, there's opportunities in there. The schedule does ease up, but you have two really tough opponents here in, in top five programs coming into it today, and the Hawkeyes beat the Nittany Lions in Iowa City in a, in a really close game. But you're right. I mean, when you start looking at those schedules and you go, whoa, this is, this is not
1: good. Yeah, we'll see. So, uh, you'd like to see them not get manhandled like they did today. If it's, If it's they can go to Penn State and be competitive, and if they can go to Iowa and be competitive, I think, okay, maybe that gives them a glimmer of hope, you know, heading towards yeah. the rest of the season or next year. But if it's something like ha- what happened today, I, I don't give, you know, any blame to, to Illinois fans who yeah. just are kind of no. checked out and – are waiting for basketball season. And basketball
0: season, exactly one month from right now, 11-9 is the first game where we'll be sitting here talking about Illinois basketball in the season opener. Uh, Jackson State, I believe, is that the first season Sounds about right. Okay, so uh, one month exactly from right now, we'll be doing a a basketball pod wrapping up the first game. I was at the practice early this morning and didn't stay for the entire scrimmage time, but... uh, I have no reason to not think this team is a top 10 team nationally when the preseason rankings come out and that Kofi Coburn is a national player of the year you know candidates, candidate like yeah. there and one of the top couple of guys in the country and that they have the pieces around them after seeing practice today that backs up what we've thought all along that yes they can be better than last year. I know for fact right now that they're deeper than they were last year. They have sure. more options. I'm really want to know what the rotations are going to look like, how Brad Underwood mixes up his players and personnel. And earlier this week at Media Day, Andre Carbello told me that he feels like they have three different five man rotations that they can roll out and I, there. That's Give and that's good. And that's what your opponent deep. a bunch of
1: different looks. Yes. And that that's a challenge. And yeah, sure, they don't have, you know, All American NBA draft prospect I would assume, anymore, but they showed last year that they can win without him. And now that they've replaced him so to speak with okay let's say like four other players essentially taking I.O. spot that's not a bad thing at yes all.
0: it's going to be more by committee my biggest question marks how do they defend who plays the point guard when andre kerbello is not in there and then what those rotations look like mm-hmm. everyone wants to ask what the starting lineup is like and look i i don't know i mean take your pick on the three and four we know who the top Kobe. three players are going to be <laughs> For sure. kofi at the five Carbello at the one, and I think Trent starts at the two. Who plays at the three and four? I don't know. I think Jacob Grandison's one of those. Whether he's at the four or the three, I'm not sure. And I think it's going to depend a lot on matchups and, and who they're playing. But hey, I, I think this team is a legit Big Ten regular season title contender and that they can go out and and they they will compete with Purdue barring injury in Michigan and I can't wait for the basketball season in that sense to have fans back at State Farm yeah. Center it was great to see I bet there was probably a thousand people in there this morning That's awesome which was great it was phenomenal to see that it, it and it proves the point Illinois is a basketball school right I mean, everyone <laughs> already knew that but if you'll get a thousand people at State Farm Center on a Saturday morning at 8:30 before a 2:30 football game uh Good for you, yeah, and I'm, I'm really awesome. happy that they opened that up this morning. And uh, we've got the video on our website, wci. dot com, from uh, some sights and sounds from basketball practice this morning. And uh, yeah, it was it was good. So we're one month away. Illinois football's got about six weeks left in its season uh, before they wrap up uh, Thanksgiving weekend. And it hasn't gone the way Brett Bielema thought it would. Now two and five, and one and three in the Big Ten West. Marley, any final thoughts?
1: No, I just. You know, I was excited heading into this season, maybe we'd get a trip to Florida for a bowl <laughs> game, but I have been proved so wrong.
0: That <laughs> is not going to happen now at this I'm point. Excited for basketball most <laughs> likely, uh they're not technically out of bowl consideration yet, right?
1: They got to win out essentially?
0: Yeah, they could lose one more game, drop to 6 and 6. Um but I'm not banking anything on that. So
1: I'm not, I'm not going to give up yet. Though. Okay. Marley's I'm going to hold that hope. I think they can optimist. still be good. All right. I thought they were going to win today. I had a good feeling. Really? Yeah. I guess you did pick I did, Wisconsin. I did. I, I Illinois did. Illinois say there was going to be 24 points scored. I just didn't know Illinois wasn't Well, score Jeremy
0: and I no, both no. picked 24 points in the game for Wisconsin. Remember, we picked 24-9. Yeah, I
1: think I picked 24 also.
0: Illinois couldn't even get three field goals out of it.
1: No. It's tough.
0: <laughs> Busy day for James <laughs> McCourt. <laughs> Busy it. day for Blake Hayes. <laughs> How many times did they punt? Uh it was seven, I think. One,
1: two, three, four, five, six, seven.
0: Yeah, yep. seven punts. Blake Hayes for high school. After one last week.
1: You hate Blake punts it. seven today
0: <laughs> in a twenty-four to nothing loss. Second time this season. Illinois doesn't score a touchdown, first shutout since 2018, and that Iowa 63-0 debacle. Long way to go here for Illinois. As they take a bye week, then go to Penn State two weeks from today. And the Nittany Lions aren't going to hold anything back. As uh, they fall to Iowa today. From Marley Weird. I'm Brett Barrens. Thanks so much for listening to the WCI 3-in-1 podcast. We will see you here back in a couple weeks from Penn State as Illinois uh, will try and rebound, try and do something offensively, and uh, finally get on the scoreboard. What a concept.
1: <laughs> on Saturday.
0: Badger Ball 101 as Wisconsin schools Illinois.